Well, a warm welcome to everybody. Welcome to Christchurch and uh, welcome to Luna and family and friends who join us for this very special occasion uh, for her baptism. Uh, very warm welcome to you. My name is Peter. I'm the vicar here. Uh, we've got various other people doing various things uh, here. Sue uh, and Sue on uh, music. Uh, various other people helping as well around the place. Um, but a very warm welcome to, um, to Carmen and Luke and your family and friends. Uh, wonderful to be with you celebrating today. Uh, we want you to feel at home and welcome with us. Uh, please do, do join in with them as much as the service as you can. Uh, we project all the words that you'll need on the screen behind me up there uh, for the songs and the words. Uh, later in the service, John Language is preaching uh, and he'll be speaking on the theme of life to the full in Jesus. Just a couple of notices for our regulars. Uh, you know the coronation's happening next Saturday on Saturday coming. Uh, the village are holding a celebration on Bank Holiday Monday, the next Bank Holiday Monday, on the 8th of May, <coughs> in the afternoon on the Glebe Field just over there. Hoping for good weather. Forecast at the moment is looking a little bit dodgy, but if it's good weather, hopefully it'll be good weather. Uh, a village celebration on the Glebe Field. Uh, we are, uh, we've got a gazebo. Uh, we're getting ready for that, uh, where we can chat to people. Uh, the theme of our wonderful Creator God. So if you're available at church on that Monday, please do see me. 
uh, or Rachel about that, we'd love to uh, have you with us on that afternoon, the 8th of May. Uh, we have got our APCM following this service uh, about 11.30, so church do stay on after that, uh, and tea and coffee and cake will be served as well for every, everybody, anybody, anybody after this service has finished. Do stay for that. The journey of faith in Jesus is an amazing one. It's a path that begins in baptism but takes the whole of our life to live out. In Jesus, heaven has touched our world and belonging to him will change our lives forever as we grow in love and become more and more like Jesus. And so our prayer for Luna, who is being baptized today, is that she will come closer to God as she grows in faith and comes to live out the baptism promises for herself that will be spoken a little bit later on. As a local church, our commitment uh, is to you, the family and friends. We want uh, you to know we will play our part in Luna and her growing of faith. We want to be a welcoming place for anyone and everyone, helping people of all ages to grow in faith. And so we'd love to help you explore life as a Christian more. Uh, John will be speaking about a little bit about that later. If you want to know a bit more about that, please speak to me or him after the service. But now we're going to stand and we're going to sing. Um, hopefully the first one will be familiar to you. And, and then we'll have another song after that. So we're going to sing, first of all, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. Let's stand and sing together. Thank you, sir.
Do be seated. Baptism is an important symbol of the Christian faith. And within the baptism service, there are many symbols going on all at the same time. There's a symbol of water. Uh, there's a sign of washing and cleansing. There's a sign of the cross. I'll put on Luna's forehead in a moment. And the cross is a sign to us of the, the death of Jesus on the cross for us. Because God loved us so much, he came to die for us. And at the, uh, at the end of the baptism, there's also a light or lit candle uh, that we'll give to Luna as a sign that, yes, the world isn't perfect, but God is perfect, and Jesus is the light of the world, and our prayer is that Luna will come to know Jesus for herself, who is the light of the world. We are all children of God, and he calls us to live life in all its fullness. So, parents and godparents, would you come and join me at the front, please?
the light of Christ. Walk in this light all the days of your life, and so we say, shine on the light in the world, to the glory of God Well done. Thank you so much for Uncle Grace and the works again. So we're all going to join in now and sing uh, a wonderful song.
Do you have a seat? Now I'm going to invite Rachel uh, to come up and just explain a little bit about what the children are going to be doing in a moment. Um, So just let me explain that um, if there are primary age children here today, you're welcome to go out with Rachel. There's two helpers as well uh, to go out and do activities in the hall. So Rachel, what are you going to be doing this morning? Um, Hi everyone. So we're going to be talking about in Jesus we have fullness of life and we're going to just have a massive praise party and kind of explore how we can release that life into this village and all around the world. So you're so welcome to come next door into the hall with us and have some fun. Thank you Rachel. So so if you're primary age children, uh, go Rachel, Marie and Harriet, they're going to be leading you this morning. Uh, so do, do go out, children, it'll be a great time, uh, and uh, let's pray for them as they go. Father, we uh, thank you for every child here this morning. We're all children of God, but Lord, we thank you for the children here. We pray for them as they go out with Rachel and her helpers, uh, that they would indeed have a praise party with you this morning and for you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, have a great time. Okay, so um, we're going to now have our uh, reading, and uh, John Hitchens is doing that, and then John will be preaching to us. So thank you, John. Our reading today is taken from the Gospel according to St. John. Chapter 10, beginning at verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought them out, all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is the word of the Lord. So let's pray for John as he comes to speak to us. Father, we pray your hand be upon John as he speaks and us as we hear. We pray, Lord, that we would hear you and do what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. You're here, are you? You're awake. I mean, if you're not awake, I've got a really tough job on, I tell you. Good morning. Ah, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. If I collapse in a fit of coughing, because I'm recovering from a cold, just chat amongst yourselves, have a coffee, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Well, we've had a nice reading all about sheep and shepherds. Anybody know much about sheep and shepherds? No, I don't either, so um, there we go. I think the whole shepherd and sheep thing is just an illustration It was Jesus' way of communicating something. And shepherding was such a a common feature of life back then that everybody would have understood what he was talking about. Um, Had he been speaking today, Jesus would probably have framed it by talking about um, Strictly Come Dancing or I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here or Coronation Street in Emmerdale. But the point of what Jesus was saying is what we really need to grasp here. And this shepherd illustration, he's saying that the leaders, 
the Jewish rabbis, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, were doing a really naff job. They were very bad shepherds. Now, these religious leaders were very much in charge in those days. They were the ones who told people what to do, uh, what they could do, and what they couldn't do. But these guys had changed. They changed from what they were supposed to be doing, looking after people and helping them to have a a, a full and, and good life. Instead, they were tying them up with petty rules and regulations. Ring any bells? About today? Hmm. The petty rules that they imposed on them were, in some cases, ridiculous. For example, in the Ten Commandments it says, um, keep the Sabbath day holy. He said, don't work on the Sabbath, make it a day of rest. That's straightforward, isn't it? One day a week, have a day of rest. But these religious leaders, they said, oh no, we've got to define... We're not supposed to work on Sabbath. We've got to define what work is. And so they went to great lengths to define what it meant to work. And one of the things that they decided was that was to tie a knot in a piece of rope was wrong on the Sabbath. It was work. You weren't allowed to do it. But they decided as well that a woman was allowed to tie a knot in her girdle on the Sabbath. Mm. So, what they did was, if a bucket of water had to be raised from a well on the Sabbath, you couldn't knot the rope to bring the bucket up, but a woman's girdle could be knotted and used to raise the bucket instead. Isn't that ridiculous? You can imagine him out on a Sunday and he says... Here, lass, I'd love a drink of water. Whip your girdle off, would you? I mean, how mad is that? And they had hundreds of little rules like that. And Jesus condemns them for this nonsense. He says, you're leaders. These people are supposed to be guiding your lives. They're missing the point. And he says, I've come to show you a better way. Well, things are different now, aren't they? Um... The religious leaders no longer have that place of authority in our communities. They're not the ones who tell us what to do anymore. Sorry, Peter, but, you know, it's, well, it's true. And we now have the government of the day. And that, they set our laws and they manage our community life. But actually, there's another important, a very big influence on how we live. And that's the media and social media. And if you think about it, we are bombarded constantly by adverts on the television, in newspapers, in billboards, and uh, um, by the opinions of so-called influencers. And these things, they tell us what is best, how we should look, what we should buy, how we should enjoy ourselves, and what we should eat. And of course, most of this stuff, it's an illusion. At best, it's a half-truth. Think about these adverts for a car. And you see this man, he buys this new car, he gets in his car, and he comes out, and he goes along, and there's no traffic on the roads. He goes through all the streets and out into the country, and they're selling you, this is freedom, buy this car. Freedom, wonderful motoring. Well, of course, the truth is, you'll get in your new car at the dealership, you'll pull out onto the road, and you'll be stuck in traffic for a few minutes or a few hours. And the old banger that you just sold will be just in front of you, belching smoke. Maybe, maybe you, you think about these nice face creams that they tell you that you, it will make you more beautiful and instantly attractive to, to rich, hunky men. I have to tell you, I haven't tried this because I don't want to be attractive to rich, hunky men. But actually, it's nonsense because true beauty is not related to the number of wrinkles on your face. Beauty is deeper than that, as we all know. These adverts, they tell us, look, you deserve this. Buy this. You deserve it. It will make you happy. Have it now. Don't wait. But the truth is that you do these things and you just pile on debt after debt 
and that comes back to bite you in the end and will eventually make you miserable. Now these pressures from the media are often very subtle. But what they're telling you is that life will be better. You'll be happy, you'll be wealthy, you'll be attractive. It's all about you. The underlying values that they're telling you are about things like competition. Here's how you can be better than all the others. Things like acquisition. All the things that you should have because other people have got them and you should have them and more. Ambition about how you can be on the top of the pile. And aggression. Fight for your rights ahead of anybody else's. I don't think they had road rage back in Jesus' day. I mean, your camels just carved me up on my donkey. I don't think they had that. But we do have it now, don't we? People get upset because yeah, they fall into a rage because somebody's cut them up or done some tiny thing which has delayed them for five seconds on the road. Excuse me. Now these things... They are not wrong in themselves, of course. We want to look nice. We want to have fun. We want to be healthy. But when these things dominate our lives, we are in a bad way. Some people, you know, there's some men, their, their lives are absolutely focused on football. You know, they spend, they spend thousands following their team. It's not just the tickets, it's the travel. It's the pies, it's the beer, it's the, it's the shirt that you wear, and their whole week is governed by how the team gets on on Saturday. That's their life. I, I'm a season ticket holder at Shrewsbury Town. I, I was going to say I enjoy watching Shrewsbury Town, but that, I would be telling you a lie. I mean, nobody can enjoy watching Shrewsbury Town. And you know, if, if my life depended on them winning... I would be in a very, very bad place. Or take, take how we dress. If the most important thing for me was that I was attractive and well-dressed with the latest fashions, well, you know, look, look you know, um, I would be very miserable indeed. Life would be terrible. So when we talk about life and it's terrible or good. What are we talking about? What do we mean? Life, at its very basic, is about breathing and eating and moving and being alive as opposed to being dead. But, you know, there's obviously more to it than that, isn't there? If someone said to you, tell me about your life, you wouldn't say, well, I breathe a lot, you know, and I eat as much as I can and often, and I move... No, you, you tell them about what you do for a living, how your time and energy are spent, your work, your hobbies, your relationships. You might go on to talk about the joys that you've had, a new baby in the family. What greater joy than that? Or the tough times, health issues, or being made redundant. But there's a deeper level still at which we think about life as well. To put it bluntly, what is the point? What is the point of life? Life is sometimes a struggle. Some people feel life is a struggle all the time. So, is it worth it? I mean, if we are just one of seven billion people spinning around on a speck of dust in a vast universe, what is the point? What is the point? If our lives are just focused on what we own or how we look or a particular way to enjoy ourselves, is that sufficiently satisfying to give life ultimate purpose? That you could say, this is what life is all about. Actually, we find that none of these things last. All of it is pretty much temporary. Possessions rust or rot or fade. Just when you think you've caught up with the Joneses, they buy a newer car, and you're at the back again. I love that bumper sticker which says, you've caught up with the Browns. The Joneses are still miles ahead. No, it's, it's point, we, we, can't, 
We, we can't just scramble and get to the top and stay there. It doesn't work. When you've just upwarded, updated your wardrobe to the latest fashions in this season's colours, well, the, the fashion police come and say, oh no, that's last year and you've got to start again. Lime green trousers are out this year. If anybody wants a pair of lime green trousers, waist 36, small leg, come and see me afterwards. You might get a great thrill at a bungee jumping, but the adrenaline rush fades and you're soon just back at work. All these things are temporary and they turn out to be disappointing. And Jesus says, Look, I've come that you might have life, life to the full. He offers you another perspective on life and what life is all about. A very different way. As Spock is supposedly said to Captain Kirk, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. This is very different. The life to the full which Jesus offers is about a life which never ends. It goes on forever. Jesus offers us eternal life. Sometimes we think, well, you know, as we're just getting older, things rust and wear out. We just get less able and less able and life goes uh, and ends. Jesus says, I've got something different for you. The life that I give goes on forever. He offers uh, things which never rust or fade or fail. They don't ever disappoint. The life to the full which Jesus offers comes with a promise of peace, a deep and lasting sense of fulfillment. It comes with a promise of constant support and help through his presence with us, not taking away difficult times, but carrying us through them. It's available to absolutely everyone, regardless of wealth or IQ or skills or height or shoe size. It doesn't matter. Everybody has access to this full life in Christ. And most of all, this full life offers unconditional love. So often people love us for what they can get from us, or they love us as long as we're good to them. They love us for all sorts of different reasons, but it's conditional. And the love of God to us is unconditional. He's nuts about you. He loves you to bits, and he always will. And to receive this fullness of life, the one of the things I've just talked about, what we need to do is firstly to own up to all our failures and mistakes and admit that we've made a mess of things, we've concentrated on the wrong things in life, that we're not the people God created us to be. You can't start a new life until you've ditched the old one. And then to accept Jesus as Savior. Savior is the one who saves. We keep a cross in a prominent place in our churches to remind us that on the cross, Jesus saved us by dealing with all the consequences of the mess we have made. He wiped the slate clean so that we can enter into life in all its fullness, which God created us for which God longs that we would enjoy. I look out on a sea of faces. Some I know and many I don't, and I've no idea what's going on in any of your lives, what you're thinking and what your purpose is and how you're doing. I've no idea. But I do know that this wonderful life to the full, which Jesus offers, is available to every one of you. And can I invite you, please, to think about your life, its purpose, how satisfying it is, and whether you might find something truly enriching in exploring the offer from Jesus to you of life in all its fullness. Thank you, John. A lot to think about there, isn't there?
So we're going to ponder that as we sing. And uh, this song, many of us will know well, My Jesus, My Saviour, Lord, there is no one like you. So if you don't know the song, it's easy to pick up. Uh, So let's stand and sing this song together, My Jesus, My Saviour. Do have a seat. One of the most special ways, maybe the most special ways as a Christian to spend time with God is in prayer. And uh, we're going to pray now. We're going to spend some time praying now. Prayer may not be something you're used to doing, uh, but as we pray, let me encourage you to Think of all the good things you want for Luna in her life. Uh, all those amazing things that, that God has got ready for her in her life. So uh, let's, let's, uh, let's pray now. Lord, we pray for Luna. We thank you for her. We thank you for the gift that she is to Carmen and Luke and Bo. We thank you for the love of parents and godparents and family and friends, many of whom are gathered here today. And we ask that you'll protect her as she grows. And we pray that you will be very real to her and her family. And we pray that as she grows up and she hears of you and learns about you, maybe at school, hopefully in church, Lord, we pray that she will want to say yes to you and yes to the fullness of life that you offer to us. 
and that you will be her saviour and her friend, as we know you want to be, in bringing her true joy and fulfilment by knowing you. Amen. Lord, we pray for those in this world for whom saying yes to you means that they face persecution. Maybe they face violence and maybe hardship. And Lord, we know that in the world right now, those who say yes to you are facing all those things, fearing for their lives. You promise, Lord, to be very near to those who are suffering for their faith. And so, Lord, we pray for your presence and your peace to be tangible with them and for them and the hope of their salvation in you ever real. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, we pray for those who have no place to call home, whether in this country or abroad. We pray for those who are fleeing violence, war or hatred, and that you, the God of peace, will uphold them in their suffering and provide a place of peace and safety for them. We pray, Lord, for those that we know personally who are suffering right now, in body, mind or spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you would bring them your love and your peace to enfold and comfort them. In Jesus' name, amen. And finally, Lord, we pray for ourselves. That we, we pray that you'll help us to say yes to you in our hearts this morning, whether that's for the very first time or the 10,000th time. And we thank you that you said a resounding yes to us in sending your son Jesus to die for us and we ask that you reveal your amazing love to us each one of us thank you Jesus that in, that in you we can have life in all its fullness and we thank you that when we put our trust in you you will never let us down and we ask all these things knowing that you are a God who loves to hear our prayers and who is mighty to save. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so we're going to join together now and pray the prayer that Jesus himself has taught us to pray, the family prayer, the Lord's Prayer. And so we say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We're drawing near to the end of our service few more things to do. One of which is to sing uh, an amazing hymn. This was written quite a long time ago, but the words of it still ring as true now as when they were written. And can it be that I should gain an interest in my Saviour's love? Uh, it's a lovely hymn. If you don't know it, you'll learn it. Let's stand and sing this hymn together.
Amen. Do have a seat. We don't charge a fee for baptisms because we believe and we know that the grace and the love of God is free. It's a free gift to us. However, there will be a collection of plates at the back as you leave if you would like to give uh, a, um, something in the, in the basket. Our, our, our hope, our prayer, our mission as a church is to be a place of good news for this local, local community, this village, for years and years to come and to keep on telling and living the story of God's love for us. And so if you heard something this morning from John or myself or a song we've sung and you want to just ask the question, well, what is that about? Please to come and see me or John or somebody uh, that you maybe know a little bit and ask us what it means and what it can mean for you. We'd love to have a chat with you. Uh, parents, God, parents, I've got a little card for you before you go. Please do grab that from me. And uh, there's tea and coffee and some cake as well before you go. Time together, chatting over that is an important time. Uh, church, remember APCM, we're going to start um, as prompt as we can uh, after the service is finished. And so let me pray this prayer blessing over you as you go, and over Luna particularly. So may the God of all grace establish, strengthen, and settle you in the faith, and the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon you, and keep you now and always. Amen. So go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ.